Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. Have you ever felt like the realization of life hit you smack in the face? It does that daily. I think that's where all these wrinkles are coming from. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I remember a time when I was probably in my early 30s. And, you know, you, you feel, even when you're in your 30s, that you're still 16, 18. And I remember my nephews playing kickball. And they were pretty rambunctious, and they kicked the ball up into the tree. Well, I was a tree climber. I mean, I've always been a tree climber. So no problem. I was going to be the hero, Aunt Lou. And I jumped up in that tree, said, got it, guys. I've got it. And I scampered up that tree, and I got out to the edge of the limb, and I knocked the ball loose and got it back down to them. And then I realized I have to get out of this tree. And I thought, no problem. I always would just get to the lowest branch and swing down and drop. So I got to the lowest branch and I swung down and that's when reality hit. I realized (laughs) I was not 16. I was not seven. I have no strength in my upper arm muscles like I once did. Plus, I weighed uh, just a tad more than I did when I was 10, and I dropped like a lead ball onto the ground. I had zero grip on that limb, and I laid flat on my back, and the kids ran over laughing and horrified at what they had just seen. Are you okay? Are you okay? No, I wasn't okay. I got up and limped away, and that's when I realized there is a gap between our expectations and reality. Oh, yes. And that gap can get quite big, and that gap can be quite painful. Uh, Your story reminds me of a time I was probably, um, I don't know, probably maybe 10, 12, and I spent the night with a friend, and her house happened to sit on the side of a hill. And so... um, her, her street was a large hill, and her house sat on the right-hand side of it, but also um, her house sat on the edge of this hill. So her backyard was a big drop-off downhill as well. So we had been up the hill of her street playing with somebody who lived several houses up, and her parents had, like, rung the dinner bell, and so she and I were running down the hill, Um, and kind of racing as you do with your friends and I was going to beat her for sure so I was running my fastest and I'd gotten a pretty good lead on her and I was coming down the hill I turned into her driveway which was also downhill Um, and when I got to the bottom of her driveway and her carport I couldn't stop like I was trying to stop I was doing that thing where you (laughs) shove your your feet way far out in front of you you know hoping that they'll Uh kind of stop you um, and taking those big giant trying to slow down steps and I just wasn't slowing down I 
went um, straight across the carport out onto the back deck and then I see it right there my salvation the handrail of the deck I'm just gonna run into that and grab it and it's gonna stop me that was my expectation it was gonna stop me the reality was this deck, the wood that they built this deck with was quite old and had dry rotted. And so when I no. when my hands hit that that rail, it just it didn't it broke me not at all. Like it just it, the whole railing came off in my hands. I went flying forward <laughs> off the edge of their deck and their their yard goes downhill. So I'm just supermaning it. I am flying like Superman <laughs> with a piece of deck in my hand and I somehow as I start to fall, my gymnastics training kicked in and I thought tuck and roll um, so I don't belly flop <laughs> onto the ground. So I I started to tuck my head and curl and I managed to kind of flip over in the air and land flat on my back on the ground. And it knocked the breath out of me. I think it might have even knocked me unconscious for a second there. I felt like in the cartoons, you know, whenever somebody like the Roadrunner or whatever, Coyote Falls, and there's the like the little tweeting bluebirds that circles around their head, <laughs> which indicates <laughs> their brain just took a big hit. <laughs> That's what it was. I came to, I couldn't breathe. My lungs hurt. Um, the little birdies are flying around my head. And I'm trying to holler to Lisa, who has no idea where I'm at. She never saw this. I was so far ahead of her. She thinks I've gone in the house. She goes in the house looking for me. And I'm trying, I could just remember going, help. I couldn't even yell. I was just, help. It was pitiful, but um, oh. it never occurred to me that that deck would not be sturdy, <laughs> that it would come break right mm. off in my hand. So, yeah, it can be painful when your reality does not line up with your expectations. I think so often we feel like we have these expectations that other people are expecting from us. And so we try to rise to that. You know, we see the supermodel picture and we think, oh, I want to look like that for my husband. Or I want to I want to be that girl that's in, in shape and I see those pictures. Or maybe I want to be the super mom or the super friend or the super whatever. And we feel like if we don't achieve everything we're seeing on social media or on TV then there's this huge gap because the reality is none of us are that. And I loved what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis did probably a dozen years ago. She did a photo session where she refused to let anyone touch up her photos. She said, I think it's about time that America sees that all of us actresses have cellulite just like you do. And uh, the only reason we look better in a magazine is because we've been touched up. And I thought, how beautiful is that? Because there is this gap that we all find in our life when we expect, but we never get. And see, I hear that and I love that. But I also, if I'm honest, say, uh, I want somebody to touch me up too. <laughs> I don't want to just feel better that Jamie mm. Lee also has cellulite. I want somebody to come along behind me and touch me up. 
<laughs> it's that desire for perfection or that desire, you know, um, that's what we wrestle with. But, you know, there's this, this space, this gap between our expectations or our desires and our reality. And let me tell you, that space is, it's like, I think of it as like a field where things will grow. It's a very fertile field. It's like this fertile valley and things are going to grow there. Whatever gets deposited in that soil is going to grow. So the way I see it is one of two things is going to grow there. Either disappointment and bitterness because there is this gap and things don't line up. Either we can set our expectations super high and then get super upset when reality doesn't line up. Or we can cultivate contentment. We can grow contentment in that field. But I like to grow two crops side by side in that field. I like to try to grow contentment, which is hard to grow, but worth the effort, um, along with growing my dreams. Um, and I think that's the, the trick, is to not lose sight of your hopes and your dreams, but also not lose your contentment because your reality doesn't match up yet. Oh, I love that. And I love the scripture that goes along with that, that Paul told us that he had learned to be content in all circumstances, you know, and he had a lot of hard things happen to him, but he knew where his expectations could be fulfilled. And that was in Christ. And a lot of times when we're chasing the dream or we try to live up, to the things that we think we should be, and we fall short, we forget that we've got a, a Savior who has stepped in to fill in that gap, to give us the contentment in no matter what we're going through. Absolutely. And this makes me think of Psalm 23, which is a very famous verse that most of us can quote from memory, um, and we quote it in sort of the New King James because we've heard it, uh, particularly if you've ever been to a funeral. But it's Psalm 23, and the, the first verse there is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And this is the famous, you know, passage that goes on that says, you know, He leads me beside still waters and, and, and all of that. But I love the verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because the Hebrew word there for want is Chaucer, C-H-A-C-E-R. And it means um, to lack uh, or to be without or to become empty. And I love that last one. So Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not become empty. I shall not live in, in my head, you know, I shall not live in this state of disappointment where my reality or my circumstances uh, just sort of um, leak me dry <laughs> and, and, and wipe me out and leave me empty. So, you know, yeah, that's what Paul is saying. I've learned, you know, the secret of contentment in all circumstances. And that is, you know, uh, to give thanks to the Lord and, and Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not become empty even when my wants and my desires are not fulfilled or my expectations are not fulfilled. I am still not without. So you're telling me that we have a choice to take the gap between what we expect, what we hope for, and what is our reality, and take that gap and we cultivate it 
and we allow God to grow the good stuff, the things where we we don't lack anything because God is saying, no, I'm going to give you more than you ever hoped or imagined. It may just not look like you thought it was going to look, but I will fill in the gap. I know that as we head into the holiday seasons, uh, there's always this expectation in my head, which I've had to I've had to deal with. I've had to ask God to help me deal with it because I don't know about you, but when I see the pictures of the family sitting around the table with the turkey and all the trimmings and and kids are over in a corner playing the board games and when I see those pictures I'm like, "Yes, I want that. I I want to create that atmosphere. I want it to smell like baked bread and all those wonderful things. And for some reason, baked bread makes me remember my mom and and the home feeling that I always had when I walked into her house and you could smell fresh baked bread. But when I think about my mom, and God reminds me of this, nothing was perfect in our house ever. Nothing. Everything was just as chaotic in her life, in her atmosphere, as it feels in ours at times. And so when I think about how those pictures of the Norman Rockwell scene around the Thanksgiving turkey or, you know, the Christmas scene or the Valentine scene or whatever holiday you're getting ready to, the dressing up at Easter time, wherever you have this image in your head that all is going to be perfect and all is going to be well, I try to make sure that I bake some bread. Now, I don't do it from scratch, but I bake bread just so that I can have that smell and I'm reminded that in the midst of the reality, in the midst of the chaos, it may not be living up to the expectations of the Hallmark Channel, but it will live up to what God has promised me, that there is an aroma of a good life well lived. You know, it's interesting. We have a tendency <clears throat> with our memories, particularly our memories of our loved ones, um, we have a tendency to remember the past through this kind of um, rosy glasses, uh, sh- shades of nostalgia, right? And all the, the things that weren't right tend to drop away from our memory. And we remember the special parts, you know, that's you remembering the bread and the the holidays seemed perfect, even though, you know, hey, wait, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. We, you know, we, we were really struggling, um, so I think that's kind of a, a, a blessing that our brains will, will drop some of those struggles and remember the, the rosy parts of it. But, you know, I studied family rituals when I was in grad school. In fact, I wrote a massive book on it, actually. And um, one of the things that I learned in studying the, 
the literature and the the scientific studies on family rituals, which is what, you know, the going to church on Easter is or the Thanksgiving dinner is or the, you know, Christmas morning is. These are family rituals that we do, birthday parties, Fourth of July cookouts, these sorts of things. Um, a, A huge part of the ritual is the anticipation phase. In fact, the greatest amount of pleasure is gained in the anticipation phase rather than the living out of it phase. Um, Not that there isn't pleasure in the living out of it, the enacting of the ritual, but it's all of the leading up to, the anticipating it, the preparing for it. And so um, there's real pleasure to be had there. The solution and when you feel disappointed because, you know, your Thanksgiving doesn't turn out like Norman Rockwell's painting, the solution is not to have no expectations or not to get excited. The solution is to realize that... um, a good chunk of this is the anticipating and that it's never going to fully match up to our anticipations, but that's okay. We can still enjoy both the lead up to it where we have hopes and dreams um, and the reality of it, however it is that we turn out. And then on the back end of it, we'll remember it through the rosy glasses um, unless things go terribly, terribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It is a choice like everything in life. And we know that we're never going to measure up to someone else's expectation of us or our own expectations for ourselves. But that doesn't keep us from enjoying the moments that God is growing us in that gap time. When he says, oh, I am fulfilling the gap. I am creating some different things that you weren't even expecting. And I want you to just know that I'm here with you. In this gap moment, it may look like your reality is Rachel racing down the hill and slamming into into the railing. And it may look like it's all falling apart. It may look like Luann falling out of a tree and expecting to be 10 again, but in reality, laying on her back uh, sore from, from the fall. Maybe that reality is an opportunity for us to laugh at the things that are there, because isn't that what Proverbs 31 tells us? We're, we can laugh at the days to come. We can laugh and we can know that God is in the middle of it all, and he's going to allow our expectations to be his. You know, it's the same thing with our our walk with God and our quest for spiritual maturity or our quest to be more like Christ. We are never going to measure up. Christ is the only <laughs> only one to achieve, um, I guess, completeness or perfection in the biblical sense. We're not going to match that. I'm never going to be Christ-like in all of my thoughts and actions and deeds and reactions. But nonetheless, I can still strive for that, knowing that I'm going to fall, knowing that I'm going to fail, knowing, thank God, that there is grace for me there when I do. But nonetheless, we don't give up. We keep striving for it. And so I see this as sort of the same thing. And the question, I guess, is that is how do we let God shepherd us? You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not run empty. Um, How do we let the Lord shepherd us through that gap between our expectations and our reality? 
And I think when we, we, you know, reality hits us in the face and it's not what we were expecting, I think there are three things that we can ask. Um, These are things I like to ask. They help me deal with the disappointment. First is, what do I need to learn here? Um, is, Is there something that God wants me to see or know or learn or some way he wants me to grow? that um, can be cultivated through this unmet expectation. The second is, um, what am I forgetting? What am I missing? Um, What have I forgotten to be thankful for? What am I not noticing? Because I'm so fixated on what I'm upset about. Um, Because, you know, Paul said the secret to his contentment was, um, you know, basically learning to give thanks in all situations. So where have I forgotten to be thankful? That's a key one. And then the third one is, is there something that I can do to change the situation? You know, if so, then I can ask, you know, God to help me make that change. Give me the courage to make that change. Um, And I can, you know, make those adjustments. Or if there's nothing I can do, then I can ask God to help me accept this reality. Help me make peace with this and help me cultivate contentment around this um, disappointment. Well, I know that we all deal with this, but here's the challenge for the week. When we realize that our expectations and reality have a major gap, let's call on God to help us understand how to get through it and move on. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Louie, I'm so excited about the new Encouragement Cafe website. We've got devotions on there. We've got past radio shows on there you can listen to. We have Bible studies taking place on there. There's so many ways to get a dose of encouragement from the website. So I'm excited to send people to check it out. I am too. And you know, you can always see where we're going to be next. We have events happening all over the country. Check it out. EncouragementCafe.com.